So the first one, dealing with the home office. I like that. That's a great topic. On this week's episode of The Selling Podcast, we continue our conversation about the sales island syndrome. And this week, we talk about bridging to the home office. All right, we're recording. With over 50 years and millions of worldwide traveled miles between the two of us, we have tasted defeat and relished in sweet, sweet victory. Looking for inspirational entertainment, motivation, and practical insights to drive your business? Welcome to The Selling Podcast. You know, I, I, I have this image in my head of you sitting on a little desert island with one palm tree and a pair of cut-off shorts and a beard. And it's like the cartoon image. And I see you wandering around picking up seashells. <laughs> <laughs> Just doing the same thing over and over and over. And that's what being on a sales island looks like to me. Mike, if I had a palm tree when I felt like I was on that sales island, like I would have been thrilled. Like there would have been something there to talk to, something there that didn't hate me, something there at least helped me to provide shade of some minimal sort. Mike, when you feel like you're on a sales island, like you feel all alone. There, you're helpless. Like there's nothing. That's true. Like, That's true. But you're not even on an island. You're just floating in a raft right in the middle of this ocean. That's true. I just wanted but some here's place the to solution. lay down my head. I just wanted some place. <laughs> I just wanted to curl yeah. up. Watching the movie uh, Castaway many, many years ago, mm -hmm. we watched it just after we came back from the beach. And I thought, I can't imagine being sandy and salty forever and never having that'd be the worst. Anyway. Mike, there's the just that time you just you pull out of an account, the account says no, it's prospect, or you know, you you're having a conversation with somebody and they ask you something that you just don't have any answer for. Whether it's something that's happened or you just don't know or or whatever it is, and you're just like, I don't I didn't know who to call. Like I don't I, I, you feel like you don't have a resource to be able to help you out. Everybody's busy. Um, you know, when somebody gets like a product, it's shipped a product or it's a wrong product and you're just feeling like, wow, what do I, what do I do? Now who do I, what? Who yeah. do I do? Nobody's going to listen. And you just feel just like, oh, it's such an empty feeling. Oh, it's so it hard. So hard. It's, it's the worst. And there are two components to this. I think that's one case that that's really challenging. When things are out of your control and you feel like you're in front, you know, you're taking all the arrows and spears coming at you because you are the face of the company, but you have no control over the process behind it. No, no answers, no solutions that you can offer to the customers. That makes you feel like you're isolated. But I think there's another isolation too, and this probably ties in the same way. When you are just finding yourself in that routine and you're just going to the places that like you because that you don't want them shooting arrows at you, you'll go to the places you like and then you leave the other customers alone because they're a bad part of the island mm -hmm. and you don't want to go there and it's uncomfortable. So I think both of those kind of play into this. When you find yourself avoiding customers <laughs> mm -hmm. because you don't want to take the, air, take the arrows, you need to realize that's an indication that you're in a pretty bad spot. Yep. So how do you get past it? I mean, I, I look at it this way. You are, uh, how, do, how do I put this? You are alone, but you don't have to be lonely. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, because the the phone works both ways. You can call, you can reach out, you can invest and get the help you need. But just to sit back and say, I, I, it's hopeless and I haven't got a, a way forward. When you find yourself in that position, you need to reshuffle the deck and see what you can drum up to uh, create new enthusiasm in your life. Mike, when I think about this, there's three things that stand out to me. The first one is take time to connect to home office individuals individually. I'll talk about that. The other one is know that you have favors. The third one is don't ask for something and then do it yourself. And I'll explain that in just a little bit. When there's when I take a look though, and you're in that moment, that panic moment, let's say you're brand new to the organization. One of the greatest things that you taught me, Mike, was to say, hey, I'm new and I need help. Now you use that in the context of when I go into an account to meet with somebody that I'm going to say, Hey, I'm new. You know, I'm just, I'm trying to understand how your practice works or I'm new. I'm trying to understand. Can you help me understand, you know, your internal systems? You know, that is a game changer when it's, I'm new. People want to help you. So if, oh, absolutely. if you feel alone in your organization, just and you're new, just reach out to somebody and just say, hey, I'm new and I need help. Yeah, but most of the times the new person on the team, they're hesitant because they think, oh man, I should already know this. I should be able to find this on my own. I should know what I should do here. And the reality is there's no way that you can know what you are supposed to do in every circumstance or where you need to find information. You should reach out. And I'm not talking about just your supervisor, your manager. Reach out to your peers. I mean, find out what everybody else knows. And it's the same process, whether you're trying to sell it to a customer or trying to find solutions. You're just looking for the background information, solutions within the company. Mike, I'm new. Can you help me figure this out? Circling back to that. So if you're new, ask for help because you're new. The second thing is, is you have help going up. You have, you know, building relationships is something you have to do to be able to then as an experienced rep or manager to be able to ask for help from others. And so the first thing on my list, take time to connect to individuals at the home office, fly out sure. there, get out there, your manager, boss, they're going to send you out there. And even if you haven't been out there for a while, Take time to connect, set up quarterlies with your boss, your boss's boss, you know, get out there, make sure that you're making those connections. Absolutely. And I was going to say one more thing too about that. When you use the, Hey, I'm new, help me understand this. Make sure it has a purpose. I mean, reverse roles for a second. (laughs) If I come to you, Scott, and you're my manager and I come and I say, Hey, Scott, I really don't understand how this works. Can you help me figure it out? Is your first thought, well, you should already know that, or that's so easy, why don't you understand it? No, your first thought, and most managers, most managers are going to be thinking, well, yeah, we should have explained that to you. Here's where you can find the answer. Nobody's looking to ruin your day. And when you start doing that, but you're asking questions that have a purpose and not just tying up resources, you will be able to start developing those relationships. And then when you do get the answer from your manager, make sure that you thank them. And remember, that's one 
chip that they have in their pile. And they're going to come to you and ask you for a favor. And you need to be able to respond to their request and do it quickly. All right. Well, don't jump and to number two you, quite yet. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but, but I'm thinking it's developing that relationship internally inside the company. And those are resources that are going to be valuable to you because they're going to bring expertise. They're going to bring knowledge about things that you don't know as a new person. But everybody's willing to share. Everybody's willing to help. But you have to reach out and talk to them. About, what was it? About six months ago, I, I walked out. And I, have some, I work with some amazing people. And I didn't know how to do a certain process, internal process. And so I walked out and I, I obviously had the look on my face and, and these two amazing people that I work with, they said, let me guess, just a quick question. And we all just started <laughs> laughing because my go-to anytime I don't know is, hey, just a quick question. You know, that's, that's my go-to. And so when they see the face that I'm making and I walk out, <laughs> they say, just, just a quick question. I mean, and they're never quick questions, but they're, it's, yeah understanding that you can ask for help. It's interesting when I have new employees, had new employees who just didn't ask for any help at all. Then I started questioning, what are they doing? Because I know they don't know how to do that. Like I've never explained it. We've never spoken about it. They have never had past experience with it. You can't Google that nonsense. So what yeah. in the world are you doing? Well, and the challenge is people will try and fake it. And that's the worst case scenario. If you don't know the answer, don't fake it. Find out. Talk to somebody inside the company that can help you get the right answer back to the customer. And that goes back to creating a sandbox where people can fail in. If, if you know that they're going to try to do it themselves and just be the lone ranger, then yeah, that sandbox is going to get smaller. Like, oh, yeah. You're, you're going to, great, I'll give you a space where you can fail and you're going to fail hard. I know that I'll be able to swoop in. But if you're asking questions, if you come and say, hey, I don't know how to do this, you know, what do you think? Or here's where I'm at, what do you think? Then the sandbox gets a whole lot bigger because I know that the individual is not going to put themselves in a difficult situation. If they do, they're going to come ask for help. So the first yeah, one, and the, take the time to connect. Yeah, and the second, at the same time, when someone would come to me and expect me to have the answer, and I don't. Okay, that's one place where the now the resource inside the company has to reach out to their resources, mm -hmm. right? So I need to ask somebody else to get the answer for the person that asked me. But that's acceptable. It's it's me building additional resources inside the company. And if I can bring back an answer to the person that asked me, now all of a sudden we have a deeper relationship. It's a better trust environment. Because they know I will provide them the answer, but I've got to go find it. So I don't think being in the sales force and being out in the field selling is the only place you can be on an island. I think internally inside a company, sometimes you feel like you're on an island as well. And a lot of people working from home, you're going to feel that as oh, well. Yeah. yeah. yeah the, the pandemic has kind of changed everything. Mike, just because we have to say it don't make up crap just to ask questions. <laughs> like, don't just ask questions that have no purpose to anything. You know, Mike, you were talking about this. They need to have a purpose. Like, you need to have an end goal of the questions that's going to be meaningful. Don't just ask questions just so you can try to connect with somebody. Or explain the why, right? If you come to me and say, hey, 
Explain to me how this works. Tell me why. Because I have an account that's looking to accomplish X. You know, and I can maybe look at it from a different perspective and say, okay, what you're asking me may not be the best approach. You might want to try this or this solution for them because it seems it would fit better. Because when I go and ask for information, I'm asking about something I don't know, specific. I don't know the rest of what I don't know. So there could be plan B or C that would be a much better fit. That's why asking the questions are important because you're not only going to get answers to your specific question, but you're going to pick up other pieces of information that are going to fill in the gaps and make it a bigger picture for you. Mike, you taught me a couple of things connecting to the home office. When, when you go to the home office, you're looking to connect with people just to make sure when you come back to your, <laughs> your territory that you're not on an island. But, but when you go to that home office, my goal is, hey, let's go hang out. But we're not at a conference. Like We're at these people's jobs, and then they go home to their families. They go home to their lives. How do you connect with individuals on a very personal basis when they have their own lives going on? I think it's pretty simple. Make sure that the questions you're asking to those individuals fall in their wheelhouse. They're questions that they have the answers to, or you know they can find the answers to. Give them time to process it. Give them time to think it through. Give them time to research it before they have to provide the answer back to you. And then the last thing, be gracious and say thank you. I think if you do that, that's going to make it easier for people to want to support what you're doing and to be willing to share additional information and not to be closed off the next time you come for with another question. Mm -hmm. Just but, just a quick question, Scott. Just, just a quick question. <laughs> How do you connect on that very personal basis, though? Like when I take somebody out to dinner, we're able to chat, connect, converse on other things that's not just work related. When you go to the home office, you do a good job at that. I would imagine, though, it's difficult because people people have lives. Like they're going yeah. they're When you show up, they still have kids soccer games that are happening. So they're not. Yep. I mean, are they dropping kids soccer games for you? No, I hope not. <laughs> but but that's that's kind of what the person the soft skills, right? The interpersonal skills. Recognize that everybody's not going to have the same personality that you have, the same style that you have. And this gets into a whole different discussion about social styles. There are some people that are going to be a wealth of information. They're going to be your resource. They're going to be support group to make sure you're not alone on an island. They just don't want to chit chat. Mm-hmm. But there are other people like you and I have a tendency to do to kind of err on the, I'm going to chit chat before I give you the information side. Mm -hmm. And so you need to recognize that. Make sure as a sales representative, you're, you're selling your question, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm coming to you and you're uh, a type A personality that's got zero time to waste, you're very analytical and I want to get to the end point, then I'll just get right to the point with you. That's going to make me and you a little bit more compatible in the big picture. When you go to the home office, you also, if you can't take them out to lunch or dinner or just steal some time, you know, because I think you do a good job when you go to the home office of, hey, let, let me take you out to lunch. You know, let's, because 
they have to eat or let me bring you lunch in. You also do something that I think is really cool. And it helped me out. When you go to the home office, you took treats for certain individuals. Occasionally. And so, well, <laughs> it's going to be funny if coworkers are listening to this and they're just like, Mike, why aren't you bringing me treats? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, throw me under the bus here. I'm, so, I'm starting to give away secrets. <laughs> no, but you, I, it's interesting. You did a great job at that, though. Like, you, you took in treats. If you can't take somebody out to lunch, you, you brought them in something. And it was something small but it was meaningful just like oh you you thought about me and i think that's just such a great touch it does help if you reverse roles anytime somebody does that for you it's meaningful and i know especially when we have customer care week where or you know Mm -hmm. a company may have a customer care week where the sales reps are supposed to do something nice for their customer care representatives i know you did a lot for the entire division for mm-hmm. the entire organization, because you're not always talking to the same customer care representative. You'll get bumped in sequence. And so to do something, uh, I, I, one rep, I can't remember if it was you or not, one rep I remember sent a singing telegram of a giant ape. <laughs> that, was, giant ape that was not me. <laughs> not you? Okay. Walking through the, the halls of customer care, singing as a giant monkey and passing out banana <laughs> balloons. And I thought, okay, that, that's pretty cool. You'll be remembered. And that's going to, people will remember that they're going to want to do something for you next time. Not because they want to get another singing monkey, but because you took the time, thought of what they were doing and their support role. And you understood their significance to what you were trying to do and building people on the island other than you and the coconut tree. And I need to change my mentality because usually during those weeks, I do the minimal during that week, but then I do things outside of that week that are when they're not expected. And so I see, I I like that even more. I think that goes, I think that does something else. Yeah. I think if the singing monkey showed up on Monday and it had nothing to do with customer care week, because this is back when we had all the customer care in one department. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now you can do it virtually. You can, uh, do you know who's really good at this? The events coordinator in our company, she actually will send individual gift boxes to everybody that's going to be at a virtual meeting. So when you're on the meeting, you have a gift box there and everybody gets to open their box and their, the things inside are specific to those individuals. Phenomenal. Now that's her job and it takes her some time. But as a sales rep, if if I'm on the phone and the my say I've got a, a sales engineer that I'm working with and I know that he's into racing uh, Ferraris, I'm not going to send him a Ferrari. But if I send him a, a scale model mm-hmm. and said, Put this together and leave it on your desk. Or if I send him something that is going to mean something to him, next time I call him, is he going to remember that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's going to that's going to all of a sudden build the rapport. And to get there, one thing that you know you you spoke about, you know, the scale model. To be able to get there, you have to spend time with the individual. And yeah. you also one thing, and we won't have time to talk about it here. But if you want to connect with somebody, you need to be vulnerable. You need to be able to share something meaningful. If you're going to have a deeper relationship, it just can't be a, hi, how are you doing? Let's talk about work. You have to be vulnerable. There's a, there's a point where you overshare and a point where you don't share too much. We'll save that for a different time, but you have to be vulnerable. <laughs> and vulnerability is the key to building relationships. It really is. You don't want to share too much information, but uh, if you can... 
share a story about how you really screwed up or make you the bonehead of the story, sometimes that goes a long ways as well. Well, it demonstrates that you have trust in that individual. And so, yeah. You're human. Correct. And so taking time to connect with individuals on a personal relationship basis. One of the greatest things that you did for my wife and I was you came to our house and you made Chinese food. Just it was wow. You're going way back now. This That's is a this long is time absolutely. Ago. This is right from the very very beginning. You know, Laura and I hadn't been married that long. I can't remember what brought you out. I think it was probably do training to teach me how to do my job effectively. And you said, "Hey Scott, what are you what are you and your wife doing tonight?" You said, "Oh, nothing. We were newlyweds." And you said, "Hey, let me come over and make you dinner." I said, "Serious?" You said, "Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll swing by. I'll pick up all this stuff and I'll just come over. Just have this type of a pot." And this type of a utensil, and we're good. And it was, I still remember, it was Chinese food. It was a peanut. You had peanuts in it. Like, I still remember that it was incredible. But you demonstrated that individual connection that was huge. Well, that's only because I wanted to adopt you. (laughs) So, (laughs) perfect, perfect. Accepted, accepted. So, creating that individual connection with people at the home office leads me to number two, which you've already alluded to, which is know you have favors. Like people are willing Mm -hmm. to do favors for you. They're willing to help you out. As long as it doesn't distract their whole entire day, people are willing to drop, you know, 30, 30 minutes for you, even maybe an hour of their day just to help you every very rare instance, like every once in a while. This isn't weekly. This isn't even monthly. This isn't even quarterly. This is if you need a favor, you can call in a favor, but you better have a really good reason and it better be super important. Yeah, because you don't want to be needy, right? Now, there's a Correct. certain amount of now, there's a certain amount of self-ambition or ambition that you're going to take, initiative that you need to take to learn the answers. But when you're having conversations with people and they have solutions or they have answers to questions that you need to have answered, go ahead and ask. And they are very willing to help. But in in return, when they come to you, you need to be very willing to help. <laughs> I have that written down right next to it. You need to do stuff. So I'm glad. I'm so <laughs> glad you brought it up. Because if somebody calls you and says, "Hey, you know, I haven't been able to reach out to this account. Can you swing by?" Like, yeah, you better drop what you're doing and you better go help them. And yeah, so, yeah I mean, you you better be willing to to absolutely return a favor or at least start a favor for somebody. Yeah, and that's there's nobody will call you and ask you to do something unless it's important to them. Correct. Right. Absolutely. And so correct. if if it's important to me, I'm hoping I can convey, Scott, I need you to go see XYZ. I need X. I need this. And hopefully you'll recognize that okay, if, if I'm asking you, I must have a reason. Mm-hmm. So yes, I'll take care of that as soon as I can. And this kind of goes into the how how you interact with your managers. They have responsibilities, they have obligations. And so what they're asking you to do is not only to help fulfill their responsibilities, but in turn, it's also going to make you more effective and more efficient in what you're doing. Getting off of your sales island and bridging, creating that bridge to the home office. First, take time to connect two individuals on a personal level. Second, know that you have some favors that you can call in. So don't be afraid to call them in. And that'll help bridge to the home office. The last one I want to talk about is 
don't ask for something and then do it. And Mike, I made this mistake on accident <laughs> yesterday. So I had I was trying to trying to get something done. I needed something verified. And so I, I sent it out to somebody I worked with and I said, Hey, this needs to be done. And I went ahead and sent an email to the home office saying, Hey, can you review this? And I came out yesterday and I sent this late last week. I came out yesterday and and I was talking to the individual and she was working on this paper. And I said, wait, what's that? And she said, well, you sent me the email asking about this. And I said, I am so, so sorry. And I had to sit down, had conversation, profusely apologize. And thankfully she hadn't spent too much time on it yet, but she was trying to find the answer for something I had already sent the email and received a reply about. Like that destroys credibility and that destroys that, sales island bridge that you're trying to create it does but there are times and this i think this is the important part there are times when it's important to you right now right but then we don't live in a static environment something else may change and this happens to me all the time i'll get an email i'll get a request i need this information about 10 minutes later never mind the target has shifted we need this information no, but in the meantime, when you've already requested it of me, I've turned around and asked information, tried to pull it from my sources. And then when the target changes, if I don't go back to the sources and change their expectation and stop them from doing work that's going to lead to absolutely nothing, it's busy work for them, that's on me. And I need to be, we all need to be better at that, of closing the loop, making sure that the people I've gone to for favors I've called the dogs off. Because that destroys every shred of credibility moving forward. Yeah, and you're not going to be able to buy enough Subway sandwiches to make up for that. And it only requires one time. Like, this isn't <laughs> multiple. This is, no, if, if it happens once, then it's like, next time somebody asks, it's like, eh. I, I remember last <laughs> experience. I'll tell you what, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait 45 minutes and see what happens. Or I'm going to give it three yeah. days and see what happens. Call me next week. Yeah. If you're still lit it next week, then maybe I'll jump into it. Correct. I mean, that's a one-time thing. So that's why yesterday when it happened, it was a big deal. Like it wasn't just a, oh, hey, I'm so sorry. No, it was a sit down. Let's, I, this should not happen. And let's talk about how it happened and why it will never happen again. Um, so yeah, that don't ask for something and then do it yourself. Now I've, I've had a boss who did that and there's nothing more annoying than that. That's great advice. Great advice. Three things to get off your sales island and bridge to the home office. Wait, what if you don't want to get off your sales island? You just want to have people join you on your island. You're a sick, sick man, Mike Williams. No, it can be a party island. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. But okay, well, let's just, let's just stay with the thing then, bridging, bridging to the island. All right. All right, one. Take time to connect two individuals on an individual basis. Number two, know that you can call in some favors. And the reciprocal of that is you need to do stuff when people ask you. And the last one is don't ask for something and then do it yourself. If you ask for something, then stick with it. Or if the target changes, then reach back out to them and let them know, hey, target changed. Make sure you're following up effectively with the home office. T take them treats. Buy that. Take them out to lunch. Bring them in breakfast sandwiches when you're there. Buy them, buy them make them Chinese dinners. Absolutely correct. <laughs>
Guys, thanks so much for joining this week's episode of The Selling Podcast as we continued our conversation on the Sales Island Syndrome. Mike, thanks again. Hey, thanks, Scott. Thanks for the time. Yeah, you're welcome. 15 years ago, still talking about it. A long time ago. (laughs) Thanks, man.